All righty. We're about to get into the review for the Collingwood game, uh, which is a going to be a fun one to review. <laughs> Actually, genuinely fun. It's um, it's always interesting when you have a game like that to talk about because um, there's a lot of things to talk about, but you still end up getting the win against Collingwood. So, you know, that's... There's a, it's, there's a base level of fun that just happens with beating Collingwood no matter how the game went. Um, figured bit, I should start this off, though, because um, there has been news overnight that there was a positive case, uh, coronavirus case. I've seen there's a bit of an outbreak happening in Victoria at the moment, um, and there's a positive case did attend the Collingwood Port match, um, unfortunately, it seems. Um, look, it does seem like it might be um, near um, somewhere the main port cheer squad area was um, I'm not I'm just going on what I'm seeing on Twitter of just the, the Victorian government uh, Department of Health tweet is read that a positive case attended the Collingwood Port Adelaide game at the MCG on Sunday 23rd May sitting in zone 4 level 1 of the Great Southern Stand the punt road end of the stand people uh, second tweet people seated in zone 4 level 1 those with a bay between M1 and M16 on their match ticket will be contacted directly with advice to get tested and isolate until negative so um, there's a few more tweets um, that, that they're going to um, check CCTV footage just to determine what other advice and isolation advice to be, um, if it needs to be broadened from those areas. But um, And I think they're going to try and contact anyone that they can um, that was at the match with the using you know, details for match tickets and QR code tracing and all that stuff. Um, so hope, um, and there's a map. So go to the Victorian Government uh, Department of Health, probably the website or the, the Twitter has got it there and what you can look at. But um Something um, unfortunate to have to worry about for um, Port fans, and again, I'm not. So I just I was just going on what I've seen on Twitter. There's one one guy who's already tweeted, um, responded to a tweet from Rebecca Morse um, that we re- re- retweeted that um, states that he's um, in that zone and looks like he might have to uh, follow that advice. So it's unfortunate. Um, not something that you know when you just want to go to the footy and um, enjoy it. Um, it's unfortunate. This is why we've got these things in place that it, um, people can get on top of it pretty quickly hopefully um it's gonna be an interesting couple of days to see um how the afl handles this where crowd limits and whatnot and then with how victoria handles it because um being the league that it is with being very victorian centric it is kind of the um the bomb in any um season during a pandemic when uh, victoria um gets an outbreak because any of the other ones we've been able to kind of manage through so far are these mini outbreaks but um no one like this that seems to be still um, they're not exactly sure where it's stemming. The links between the cases are, uh, are proving testing, I think, and that's uh, providing quite a quite a hairy one for the, what they're dealing with over there at the moment. But yeah, um, just uh, not going to get too much more into it because we're doing a review. But that's basically the news. Um, it's it's it does directly affect people that were at this game. I'm about to review, so um, I thought I'd just. Make it known, even though uh, the few that listen to this podcast will probably be well aware of it by the time we listen to this anyway. But I uh, figured I'd just do what I what I should do and make mention of it, being that I'm recording this on a Wednesday morning when I've just seen that these tweets popped up seven hours ago. So essentially overnight. Um, so um, yeah, uh, stay safe, everyone. Um, and yeah, if, if you were in those areas, uh, maybe just um, get yourself a test and just uh, do the right thing. And um, we'll be back at the footy in no time uh, with a home game this week already. So. Um, yeah, well, let's let's just get on to the review now. It's the fun stuff. Hey, this that Eastside Johnny Big Redemption like. No, I'm talking about. Hold up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Get out the way, get out the way, get out the way, yeah. Yeah. Get out the way, get the fuck up on my way, yeah. Yeah. Another big uh, Port Adelaide win. Um, no, not big in uh, in reference to the scoreline because it was as small a win as you bloody well possibly could have. But a big win is always a big win against the Collingwood Football Club. One that I always enjoy. Um, it doesn't matter how what the margin is in the end. You just beat those cunts, and it's um, that's 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 a win, uh, a double win in my book. Um, you know, it's. You know, wins are always four points every time you win, no matter what they are. But it's kind of like, we, you know, showdown win is always bigger. Um, and I think Collingwood, ever since we entered the league, I mean, they were, they were the first matchup was against Collingwood back in the back in 97 in the AFL, that is. And, um, you know, obviously that, that day didn't go well. But um, 
with everything that's going on the past few years with and we've just and Collingwood's just one of those teams that's a rival for many teams in the league just because of the size of them, you know. Um, as a, as uh, even though it may be somewhat mis misrepresented based on the fact that um, there's been some good articles going around about how much of a failure of a team they have been compared to the lofty kind of position they that the Eddie McGuire era falsely presented them in as far as this you know this you know immense institution as far as what it does for the AFL well you've won two premierships in the last you know sixty years so uh, whatever but um, you know it's Beating them just feels good, and it feels extra good, and um, particularly on a day that um, and the game that it was, we were not good um, for a vast majority of that game, and they were. I mean, they played kind of just what they've been trying to do, and um, you know the brand of footy that has been the Collingwood brand of footy for the last few years, just that they're struggling with um, personnel and just not it's not just not sticking right. So they're in a real down period, but um, this uh, um, certainly not. They're not easy beats in the sense of, um, you know, how St Kilda are looking at times this year, and um, you know, Kangaroos at times as well. But the Kangaroos have had some have had some good signs as well. But Collingwood, um, you know, they're, they're a tough out, even though they're not they're not hard. It's, it's I'm trying to figure out the way to say this too. They're not easy to beat, but they're not hard to beat either. Um, and I think that comes down to the fact that their gameplay style is very much one of trying to you know control the footy and all that stuff. Um, and very controlled and just manipulative um, in a way that they they don't they want to they, they want to grind grind the game out a little bit, but it's um, and so that does make it tough on what you're doing, especially with Port, um, what we're trying to do and score freely a bit and um, and move the ball and 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 have control of the game. And um, Collingwood have got the ball; they just they they t- kind of try to take that away from you. Um, so it was, it was very much a battle of two styles, really, um, and and they and they won it for a fair bit of time, and it, it certainly comes down to that slow start, and um, definitely helped them, and they they probably took advantage of that slow start with a bit more expressive footy, and then they tried to con- you know, and to be fair, they had a four goal lead on us, and um, maybe they thought they could you know see the game out that way, but it's <laughs> a four goal lead in the second quarter, you can't if you start going away from what's got you there and um, too early, it's uh, it's a very dangerous game to play, and they did that, and. Um, but it still made it tough on us. We it, goals were hard to come by. Um, the fact that we, um, you know, only had four goals at you know th- at three quarter time, um, which shows that um, we were they were incredibly tough to come by. And that was a win for them right up until it was taken away from them without our burst in the last quarter. And they they still almost got themselves back into it, uh, regardless of that when they had to take the game on late on there. But um, yeah, no, it's one of those teams. It's kind of it's kind of like uh, I was thinking about it. You know, you you. And this is the thing that's been um, talked about a lot um, in the wake of the game is like, oh, Port just got scraped over the line um, against a shit team and yada, yada, yada. I think you know, I think Collingwood only lost to Brisbane Lions at one point and the Bulldogs by uh, two or three goals as well. So it's not like they haven't had their, you know, tested teams out there. Now I know Brisbane probably back when they played Collingwood. Um, with the, I think that was the goal off the Siren game too, wasn't it? Um, or late on, something like that. Anyway. Um, Brisbane have come on a lot better and have been growing into the season. Um, so you've got to look, use that concept. But still, they were a good team then. They, I think Lockie Mueller was probably still playing at the time too. Um, so Collingwood have made it tough on other teams that are um, in the in the vein of or even in better veins of form than we are. Um, we've certainly got some well documented issues, um, whether it be our starts or our injuries or just um, a bit of a. Um, you know, inconsistency in certain areas of the field and in the contest and all those things. Um, so, but regardless of that, Collingwood have still made life tough for some teams out there, and um, and they certainly are getting smashed by you know the Western Bulldogs, who are smashing some teams by 100 points. A couple of teams this year now, um, and didn't didn't smash the didn't smash Collingwood, neither did Brisbane. And um, we should, we want to be better than that, and we do we can be better than that. So it's not an excuse, but it is also a bit of context to the fact that Collingwood. Um, seem to have this ability with, the, and this is a fact that they do have um, a fair few good players around the field still. Um, it's just not quite getting it together, and that you know game style and everything is is what it is as well, and a lot of off field stuff. Um, but not that that really affects what's going on on the field. I think actually the, the kind of team rallied pretty well um, against us on the weekend. You know whether it be they're rallying for Bucks and just rallying for themselves and playing for their own jobs. Who knows? But they they certainly played. Um, there's a lot of some of their young players were playing all right, and um, yeah, so. They're a team that's um, 
I think what I was getting to before I rattled on for four minutes about Brisbane and Bulldogs and all that stuff was that I was thinking about it last night um, as I was trying to because I, I basically these reviews I do make little notes for myself but half the time I just I I forget to look at them when I'm doing my review which is just um, stupid and I'm trying to train myself into a certain uh, habits to make my reviews more consistent but um, bear with me as I go on this journey <laughs> but uh, I was thinking about it last night um, and it's kind of like in the and wins and losses are an interesting thing because we when you're a good team you expect to beat the bad teams and smash them all the time and if you don't then you, you start asking questions and I look at it like kind of like um, I was thinking about you know Premier League um, or any any soccer league major soccer league around the world you have your team that's going to win the title like you know City this year Liverpool last year in the Premier League um, and then you have your teams that are kind of behind them they're in the title race or just um, in the European race races but then you have those teams um, and maybe we call them like 7 through 12. Those teams that aren't quite... Then, and, you know, 7th is often battling away from one of those last European places in what, the European Conference League now. There's three of them now. It's ridiculous. But um, you have those teams, and if you don't follow um, soccer, I apologise, but I'm trying to... I'm making a point that the teams that are from 7th... It's a 20-team league, and you've got your teams down the bottom that are just battling relegation, and more or less a shit, but then they can sometimes still get results against the top teams. But... Your teams from seven through twelve, they're they're teams that are they're, they're racking up enough points in the table to be out of those relegation spots, but they're not quite there with the top ones. But um, whether it be your Crystal Palaces or your, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of teams. Um, you know, Stoke back in the day when they were they were floating around the mid table before they plummeted out of the league a couple of years ago. Um, it's a wet, windy Wednesday night at Stoke. You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, those teams would often. Um, a top team would go there, and and it would be a tough it would be a tough away, and um you know it would be you know you could have Manchester City going there with you know um you know Aguero and David Silva back um a year you know a couple of years ago, and all those um you know Kevin De Bruyne's been there for a few years, you know they've got the star-studded lineup, and they go on to Stoke on a a wet Wednesday when <laughs> a wet windy Wednesday night, and they're still struggling to get away with the result because regardless of how much better you are um. You're playing a team that its game style is to is to block, um, you know, the low block and and the park the bus or whatever it be, and can try to control the ball and take the game, take your game away from you. And essentially, what I look at, um, and you know, the Crystal Palace and those Roy Hodgson teams and that kind of stuff have been like that over the last few years too. And they often they sometimes get a result. I remember Crystal Palace went to Manchester City um, last season. I think it was um, one of the results that helped Liverpool um, really get an ascendancy at the top of the table was. They went to Manchester City, I believe, and got a, a result away um, against them, and and it was a, it was real, you know, smash and grab and and an unbelievable kind of ch- you know surprise. But that's what these teams do. And but in the point of being an away game, you you just they take the game away from you. And fo- our footy and soccer are two completely different sports, but there are, there is stylistic things that happen. Um, I've seen, you know, NFL teams have had that, have, you know, there's NFL teams that go out there to score quickly um, and take the game away from you that way. And then there's other teams that have defense, de- defenses that they want to, they want to grind the game down and, and score and, and score at a, um, a, a slow, consistent pace and just, and take the game away. So there's, the, these stylistic differences happen in sports all the way around the world, different ones, NBA, whatever it be. Um, it's a, it's a style that is to, you know, some people want to be free and expressive. Some just want to have slow controlled. Maybe it's a, it's a mundane form of footy, and that's what Collingwood um, is at the moment. But it ma- does make it tough to. It's not hard to beat them because they're not in a great vein of form, but it's not easy either. And that's kind of how I I kind of manifested the worked out the game in my head. I was just like, why why is it this way? And it's and it really is just that um, they have a form of footy that even if they're not in a great you know great vein of form at the moment. Um, the the fundamentals of their footy are still there, and it makes it not easy. It's not like you're just going to blow through them and and win by 15 goals. And look, and at our best, I still think we could we could have beaten them comfortably. But um, we're you know missing a few key soldiers on the field and and a few other things going just not going well, going for us at the moment. Where with the form of a few others and the slow starts and all that stuff. So it's just one of those games that had to be won uh, no matter what. And um, I kind of again, I was <laughs> you know you go into the game thinking, oh, it'd be nice to smash these guys. And then halfway through the game, I'm just like, just get a win, no matter what. Just get somehow get the win. Um, it's kind of like, again, going back to a, a soccer analogy. You go into a game against a team that's that's shit, and you're hoping to win three or four nil. 
and then the, um, they get an early goal against you and you're struggling to break through and you suddenly you, you, you reset your expectations halfway through the game and just be like, oh, fuck, just don't lose to these guys. Just get a draw at least. Um, but, it, it, you know, changing that back to footy, it was a, that was my thing. I was just like, just get a win. I don't care how small the win is. And as it turned out, it was the smallest win possible. Um, I just wanted to get the win. Um, and, and we did in the end. And that's a, that's a positive thing um, to look at as well is the fact that our team um, could uh, – rally and find a way to win good teams find a way to win um and you know teams that you know some people want to say port aren't that great at the moment because of the way we're going yeah we're not at we're not at the level we want to be and um you know fifth place is probably befitting of where we're at but it's an equal third um in a way as well um just percentage um is is not as good as it could be because of these small wins and, and the losses as well um but you know, you've got to find a way to win, and good teams find a way to win. Um, bad teams do not win that game. Um, you know, even if you know if it's Collingwood versus a team that's not going great at the moment, and then Collingwood got a four goal lead in them, I don't. You know, barring some miracle, they probably don't come back and be- win the game. Um, because what Port had to do was find a way to stop Collingwood scoring as well as get you know score themselves, and and it was real, um, and it was real just grinded out stuff. Um, uh, and the slow starts was was a key part of it again, and. Then, um, if anyone listened to um, listens to the radio shows, I try to I listen to just the ones where you know, I, even though I don't like listening to, actually I don't listen to much Five Tub Late or or anything like that. But so I try to listen to anything that's port related. You know, they release it in little podcast segments of ten minute interviews or whatever. And um, I certainly listen to um, uh, was, uh, Chad um, was on Kane and Hazy and on um, Sen, and he was mentioning that they just um, they're trying things and they're they're. He's, he was quite um, Chad talking on it was is quite open and honest about thing how things are going as well which is great um, but he's uh he's talking he's saying that they tried something new and it didn't work and that the weather and the thing that he was talking about is it is sometimes you just got you got it's on the incumbent on the players a little bit to find what works for them as well and then and then do find and find that and do it because there is a, you know it's a it's a team game and everyone has different ways of firing up some people are more you know quiet um they're like a calm start to the day and then go out there and hit the white line and get that white load fever and get over the line some people want to sit there and listen to some um, heavy music and get pumped up and be loud in the rooms beforehand too both ways are fine it's whatever works for you but they're trying to find what that works for a, a team as well and um i think nathan bassett has said it as well in some of his appearances on some of the radio shows it's just they just haven't quite found it yet and they're trying to figure it out and um, but it's you know it's one of those things that um, it's just it's good to be figuring it out now rather than um, at the end of the season. You know this is one of those things that happen in mid season. You get these little form slumps and and because um, you know no team goes you know apart from you know Brownlee Medal winners and some teams and you know, a lot of teams you can't just go through the season at you know at a hundred percent. There's always going to be dips and and all that. And um, some people might think that we're having a bigger dip than others, but we're still sitting there at seven, three and equal third um, and fifth on the table due to percentage. Um, we're not in the worst position at all. Um, actually in a very healthy position still as far as our ladder position goes. And um, if we can get the win this weekend and go eight and three, knock on wood, as I do every week, um, into the break, and that'll be um, actually fantastic. You know, you know, any Port fan would say, oh, we should be 11 and zero because, you know, we don't want to lose a game. But, um, Eight and three will be a very, very good position because if you replicate that in the second half and go sixteen and six at worst, um, then that's you're um, you're right up there in the top of the, near the top of the table. So um, these are, you know, you just got to get the wins on the board, bank the points. Um, as Ken Ingley said as well in his press conference, it's about building a season, and uh, you know, a win against Collingwood at the G, no matter what, um, helps build a season. Um, it was it was ugly, um, and there's a lot, but. Um, it was still a win, and um, I did go back and watch the full replay again too. I was sitting there messing around my phone a bit while I was doing some jobs yesterday, um, but I had the replay on in the background, and um, you know it's it good to watch and pick up on the things that we did well, or just just or and just the flow of the game without the stress. Because when I was watching it, um, and I was watching it at work on Sunday as well, um, as the stress levels were just peaking the entire game because it was just I was mad that we were <laughs> down to the Collingwood and. And already um, worried about how um, the media would react to Port Adelaide losing to Collingwood, especially after that shit house banner that they put up at the start, and Dane Swan's tweeting and all that shit. And uh, I was just, um, you know, just in a, it was just a stressful place. And so it was good to um, get the win in the end and be able to go back and watch the replay 
um, with um, that calmness in mind, knowing the end result as well as um, be able to pick up on a few things that we, um, you know, the, the things that happened in the game that did um, help, you know, how the game went and all the things that um, helped us get the result in the end. Alrighty, so watching the replay, it was good to watch it without stress, as I said. Um, the things I picked up on probably um, mainly, I mean, most of this I picked up on watching it live anyway. It's just that you, you kind of get to think about it more as you're watching it um, without the stress of the result. Bearing in mind, um, but the slow start certainly was we were just um, not at it in that first quarter as per usual. And probably the biggest thing, and I noticed this in both watches, is obviously was, um, and so we need to, probably the b bigger thing to work on beyond the, the slow starts is something mental, but the thing that's um, compounding the slow starts at the moment is the skill areas and the decision-making at these moments. Um, so it's all mental still. Um, is quite concerning. That's probably my biggest concern at the moment is you've got so many good ball users um, as well as, you know, just just everyone in the team. Like, and it's just everyone at one moment is like just it's so many attacks are stifled by a, a shit-ass kick or a dropped mark or a, or a, or a handball that's completely misjudged or or just the wrong decision, it could, you know, where, where you know, kick there was someone open uh, downfield, but they just didn't, uh, you know, didn't have the the look, and they go for another kick, you know, whether it's sideways or a handball into the middle, or just a hospital ball or something like that. You know, there's a lot of I can't. There's a lot of mo different moments in the game that I just I, I, if I went back a third time and watched, I could find an example. I think everyone knows what I'm talking about. Um, as everyone watching the game, I did see a few of these comments floating around in the socials. Is that just the skill errors and in the in these moments where, where things are going badly, it's just we're compounding our own misery um, in these moments by just just butchering the ball, and um, it's it's that's probably the, the the concern, and it's probably a part of the slow start issue. But even um, throughout the, the third and fourth quarter, there was those moments as well. Um, while we were getting a lot better and um, and things were, were getting the game back on track, there was still just um, some bad decision making, and, and the skill errors are just there and um, dropped the marks and. Um, just everything like that. Just the ball use was just horrible at times. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing, really. Um, what, what how you figure that out? It's just um, because a lot of these guys, we know that um, some of these guys are. Um, it's kind of like the, you know, wines and your bokes and all those guys aren't like they're not. Um, they're not. They don't have the. You know, when you look at a good ball use like Kane Farrell, um, he had an incredible game. Um, probably his best game in Fort Colours. I would say, and um, he's an elite user of the ball, and you've got guys like Dan Houston as well, who um, he he looks a bit sore, but um, he was still, I think, handy to have back in because um, the the alternative probably uh, is is still not there. But um, you know, Kane Farrell certainly gave a a lesson, you know, a, you know, ball use one hundred and one in a game that was um, utterly devoid of it. Kane Farrell um, really gave a lesson in just how. The, the ways he can because he the, when he he pick up the ball in the forward fifty and he was able to just that speed kick in and he could see he just put the eyes down and just found them found them and and the kick was equal to the to the to the mental jump that he was making in his mind to to make that decision and um it, it's 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 a frustration that you don't have more guys that can use it like because Jesus Christ that was just some of his his you know I think it was what four or five score involvements I think in the game for Farrell. Um, where we go, four score involvements. Um, you know, considering the low scoring game, um, 550 meters gained, which was game high. I'm just reading from the um the uh, things we learnt on our Port Adelaide website at the moment. Um, yeah, he had um 18 disposals, um, with eight eight tackles and se um seven marks, and then just that. But it's the this uh, just the quality of a lot of those disposals. The kicks were elite. Um, just um. It's un unreal, um, you know. We've we've so many, so much of us have we've talked about his, um, kicking as far as goal scoring goes, but you know, the fact that he played such a role in um in and in, in good ball use and getting us back into the game rather than, um, you know, taking it upon himself to score goals or anything like that. He was just he he he, fa he found his place in the game. Um, we, uh, my criticism of him a lot has just been he just doesn't find the footy enough, um, for a player of his stature in the team, um, to get eighteen disposals and just be such high quality disposals was the exact kind of. Result we need from Kane Farrell. That's the kind of games we need from him more consistently. And um, in a game that was just such so devoid of um, of the uh, the ball use we we need at times. And and he was the one that was bringing us back into the game. You know when we finally started scoring, 
um, it was him that was um, you know it was real key in that and 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 certainly in that first quarter um, the few good moments I saw was you know Farrell um, really um, you know getting handle uh, hands on the ball and trying to make things happen um, so you know it's it's just wonderful to see but it's, it's so much of it, the rest of our game was devoid of that and um, particularly in that first half and you just need to see more of that and um, find find how we how we do that I don't know it's um, whether it's just um, and it really is mental, just the guys that, um, you know, a lot of our um, veterans now um, just making, uh, just butchering the ball a little bit at times in those moments where the game's not going for us. And it's just um, take that extra moment when you've got it. Because um, a lot of times it's, I think probably the, the key frustration in that ball use stuff is that it's it's often when they've got the time. Um, and that's where you get really frustrated. You know, when, when you lose the ball in a situation where you get a hospital hand pass or something like that, that happens. But when you... When you're butchering a kick, when you've got the time to uh, make a better decision, um, or you've taken a mark and you, you, you're just fucking up a kick, um, you know where you know there was Ryan Burton um, in the four, um, third quarter, I want to believe, um, where he took that. He's going to have to kick it fifty, but I've seen him kick it fifty before. Um, you know when he tries that short stab pass in, now, if it works, it's fine. But read the game and read the situation and see that there's a player that's going to r- run in and cut that ball off. Because um, it was it was quite obvious watching back, that, you know, there was a very low percentage pass because um, yeah, it was it was well read, um, and you know, it's just you've got to you've got to you've got to start taking them. It was happened last week with Marshall in that Bulldogs game as well. You've got to if you can't if it's in your range and the and the kick is in the 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 you know the the kick that you're trying to make to better the opportunity isn't isn't a high percentage one, then just take the kick to goal and see what happens. Because, um, you know, in this game, a point from Burton would have been, um, you know, obviously we won by a point anyway, but e- every score was valuable and every opportunity is valuable, and especially valuable, um, and especially with the fact that that um, could have uh, created a, a situation where, um, you know, the Collingwood can um, bounce out because of the, the way that the, the setup in the field is. It's just, um, it's just there's so many things that can go wrong quickly with um, taking that kind of opportunity kick so uh we just got to be better with them um, you know in those moments especially when you're taking a mark just just take the moment to make sure your next your next decision is um well thought out and um you just got to and it's not like an isolated incident to any one player it's just there's a lot of guys out there just not quite and and you know maybe that's just the, the overwhelming nature of the the form we're in at the moment it's just there's a lot of guys trying to force things rather than let it cut the game come to them but um it was a welcome lesson to see Kane Farrell out there who let the game come to him and uh, and had one of his best games, or his best game in poor colours, um, for me. Um, I might be forgetting some other moments, just that just I think. But you know, he's had games where he's kicked goals, and those have been wonderful. But this game was one where he really had to, uh, um, you know, he was doing things for the team, and um, and really just um, just just classy, and uh, really impressed. And um, for someone that we have, um, I've I've myself just criticized, and not not criticizing any like n- overall negative way of just criticizing for the sake of it. I, I just you just want him. I I like what he brings. I just want him to find the ball more, and he did that in this game. So um, top marks, Kane Farrell. Um, obviously, um, there's still a lot of guys that took the headlines more than him. But, um, but uh, for for me, he was probably my player of the day. Really, um, you know, there's a lot of other guys that had moments. You know, Robbie Gray kicked his three uh, three goals, nothing. Um, so he had a day which was um, wonderful, and and Voken Wines were, um, you know, they had to they got a lot of the ball and needed to because um, we're never going to win if they're not getting a lot of the ball. Um, and then you know Dixon had um, some big moments, in the, and uh, obviously Alir as well. Um, Alir was absolutely class. Jonas was class as well. He was one of the ones when, when we were having to defend with our lives in that first quarter and first half. You know Jonas and Alir and those guys were um, were really. Um, having a great game and McKenzie of course McKenzie I've got to make mention of McKenzie um the cannon in his first game of the season um unlucky to not have more games this season so far but it's just the depth we've got um he was incredible last year as I've said before in this podcast he was an incredible and real key part of our run to almost a grand final last year and he was right in the mix of it um recently named in the Gold Coast team of the decade by the way um the Cannon, Trent McKenzie, but um, he's um, a Port Adelaide player now, and he, he had he's playing his squad role. Um, you know, he's um, playing down the Magpies, which um, is something to be um, to be proud of um, as well. Um, but um, we all know that everyone wants to play at the highest level, and he came in and uh, was incredible. Um, I think he is is 
his manning up was um, his defending in one on one and man on man situations was incredible as well as well as just his ability to um, even right late in the game you know when we were trying to make sure that ball, keep that ball in our in our forward half um, to stop you know in the last thirty seconds to a minute you know he's 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 charging our defense and just booting that ball into our fifty um, to it um, to a couple of players so that. Um, it's not a clear, um, but you know, it's just those kind of things. But um, his his defending was um, wonderful, and he's he 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 made it he made a case to not be dropped when um, you know even when now he's not going to have to worry about it for a while because Cleary unfortunately is out for six to eight with that broken jaw that was apparently smashing a pretty nasty broken jaw from what I'm hearing on some of the radio shows just just uh, not just broken but just really smashed to bits. Um, so um, Mackenzie's certainly going to have a bit of time on the side. Um, but uh, he's, he, you know, he keeps putting up performances like this, and he'll, he'll make it hard to drop him, and that's what we want to see too. We want players to be hard to drop. So uh, Mackenzie had a great game. You know, Alia, as per usual, just his intercept marking is uh, incredible. Um, and you know, he even had a mark, uh, a mark that was definitely a mark, nailed on mark. You know, a mark every 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 day of the week, apart from Sunday apparently, because. Uh, umpiring, which was inexplicably bad at times. Um, Razor Ray has to make it a bit of me time because he's a fucking dickhead. Um, but that's just, um, we all know that and there's no no um, breaking news there. But um, Ilya, was, Ilya was elite and um, Jonas um, led uh, as as captain should as well. So, you know, kind of that defensive effort uh, to kind of just keep the game in check when, um, you know, Collingwood could have threatened to run away with it um, was, it was um, great as well. But... Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that did, once you look back at the game, have good games. But I think Kane Farrell was probably my best, even though he's not going to be, um, you know, you're not going to be, I think, um, the Port Adelaide MVP of the game was um, Robbie and um, there's a few others. In, uh, and that's not, um, certainly shouldn't be um, scoffed at either because he, um, you know, he had a great game. Uh, I think, how many disposals do you have in the end? I'm trying to find it here. Um Gray, 18 touches. So, you know, same amount of touches uh, as Farrell, and obviously um, kicked the goals as well. And um, Boke had 28, Wines had 27. Uh, Powell Pepper had 18 disposals and eight tackles. Um, so he was at him. Powell Pepper's been grown into the game side every week as well. So, um, which is something that's good to have because, um, you know, Powell Pepper at his best is um, absolutely key to our side. Um, but just for me, just uh, I know it's maybe because I'm trying to just give Farrell um, some dues. Um, you know, we can't. You know, that's not going to be best on ground every week. But for me, just with what he did and in, in moments when um, the game really wasn't going well for any of us, um, you know, Farrell was really just um, my play, my player of the day. It doesn't mean he was my best on ground. I guess it's um, just trying to um, give him some dues, and um, it just I think without him we don't win that game um, without what he was doing in some of those moments when it was um, going against us so but it is a team game and um, Gray certainly um, had his um, three his three goals were vital in such a low scoring game and I the last one I haven't mentioned yet look the forward line certainly has some big issues to figure out but um, Dixon in that last quarter um, and he's getting up the field and pinching in the ruck a bit as well so we've got to understand Dixon's role isn't purely to kick goals, um, and um, a lot of people will criticise him because he's um, not kicking goals and um, and think that. But he is actually playing a role that um, that they're asking him to do a bit more than that. And but he uh, he kicked one, missed one that he probably should kick as well. And like it's always the thing is just he sometimes the the goal kicking is a bit wayward as well. He just hammered that one. It wasn't the worst kick he's made. But he just hammered it straight into the post rather than um, giving it the right angle to right angle to float across and um, kick the goal. But um, that that smother um, was um, just incredible, incredible stuff. And uh, that's why um, I said um, Farrell was my player of the day, but that, uh, that smother is absolutely my um, play play of the day because um, it led to a goal. It was um, at a crucial time when we were trying to get back into it. He'd just given away a free kick and, they, and he, he, in his own words, he was pissed off about it. But he um, he stuck with the he stuck with the play and um, recognised an opportunity and um, yeah it was just just incredible. And a couple of goals as well. Playing a short to rough it. Oh, brilliantly done, Dixon. This might be the moment. Houston will score a goal on the back of it. Charlie Dixon take a bow. That's what you're looking for, isn't it? A huge smother. And that might just ignite the power. 
And it did. Um, it was we were you know we were a fair bit down at the time. Uh, well, not a fair bit in in this in the state of the game though. I guess it was a fair bit down. Um, I, I would say because it was a low scoring game and every goal was just so key. Um, and you know he he that one was just um an incredible smother. Um, and it was it was really the turning point that started the charge, um, towards that that victory. Um, and just um yeah, Charlie Dixon take a bow is 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 key because you, you know. Smothering is something that uh, happens in footy, but it's always when it happens because it, 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 to get an opportunity to smother is um, is difficult at times too, especially when when a, de- a defense is kicking around in the back. Often you're actually not um, you're kind of just waiting for the opportunity to um, you know kind of intercept the mark at the fifty rather than you. The, often it's just the, the those ones are let to kick back, but he just took that opportunity. It's kind of like when you um, a back pass to the goalkeeper. I made a lot of soccer analogies in this podcast. I apologize, but a back pass to the goalkeeper. It's just under under undercut a little bit, and your and your striker's able to run back in on it. And it was kind of like that, like Collingwood was just kicking around and not expecting whether they just whether it's um a little bit of uh, hubris and thinking that they could, that Charlie Dixon wasn't going to do that. Um, I'm not exactly sure, but it's, I think it's a and maybe that's where we get lucky with the fact that Dixon some of some aspects of his game like that that ability is um you know sometimes when he's running and and trying to turn in a circle, it's like a like a um, B double trying to turn, he doesn't. He's you know he's not an elite mover on the field. That's just part of his size and the player he is. But he he does have surprising, um, I think, to opposition players and fans at times, opposite uh, surprising levels of athleticism in those moments where he, he he uses that that heart and that gut to um, to make something happen. And and the fact that he made, was able to affect the spoil, and I was so glad that Houston was able to pick that because it wasn't an easy finish as well. He had to snap it around the body and. Um, you know, a lot of AFL players are obviously very good at that as long as they've got the time. But, you know, you see plen- plenty of players fuck that up as well. So Houston being able to finish it off was the perfect uh, um, finish to that, what was an elite play. And, and you know, the kind of thing you need to do in a game that's such a such a battle in the trenches as this one was, a low-scoring affair and all those things. So, um, you know, with Houston um, finishing that off, and, and I'd love to see all the boys get around Dixon after the goal as well. They recognised... What a key play that was, and 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 really, um, you know, when your big forward is having the forward line, uh, he's maligned as well. You know, the forward line is um, getting a fair bit of um, press at the moment into how it's working, and and Dixon's always the focal point of that because um, he's the he's the big money veteran, I guess, compared to Georgiades and Marshall. Um, but he, you know, when when a guy like that is um, making those kind of efforts and those plays, you just realise that, you know, even though things aren't going well at the moment as far as um, getting consistency in the squad and their gameplay um you know these guys are still trying their hearts out and uh, trying to make things happen and you know that was that was just such a such a keeper and it's just so good to watch as well just watching it back again there as i played it for you um you know i'll uh, i'll enjoy that <laughs> you know you'll enjoy that um anytime you watch it because it's just um you know one of those ones that you just enjoy seeing as a fan um, it's it's highlight. It's it's one of those ones that you can just um, yeah enjoy um, the goal as well. But the the smother is just incredible. Um, but then you know he he it wasn't he wasn't done there. You know he'd already kicked his goal for the day. But um, you know the uh, the goal the the goal that uh, for Ollie that really put it you know put it beyond Collingwood. Although they they you know, got back into it um, with a couple of late goals. But the one that was essentially the ceiling goal. Um, was uh you know there was Dixon again um he was he was in the ruck as I as I mentioned you know as, as part of his part of his role at the moment he's pitching in the ruck a fair bit um and the, he uh the goal again you know the goal umpire did um throw it a bit short um but um he's you know you've got to you, they were the they were the ones that read it best and what I love about and I'm, I'm, I'll just play it because it's um it's just fun to watch this highlight again as well. <laughs> They know what he brings, that run and dash straight in for his third game today. Thanks, Dad. Here's Wines, snap from the stoppage, got it! Wow! It was a well-read short throw-in, or else the players will back too far, I'm not sure. But either way, Wines read it beautifully. He did read it beautifully, and that's... um. And but you know there's no mention of Dixon in that little uh, that little package from the the, the commentary. But um, you know Dixon was the one that re- and I've I've said it a few times this year on the on the reviews. Um, and there was, I think there was a game a few weeks ago. I can't remember which game it was now. But Dixon just elite. 
handballs to advantage to, for goals. I think it was a handball to Marshall. I can't remember if that was in the St Kilda game or what it was. But, um, you know, he it obviously he was able to just take it straight out of the ruck, uncontested really. Um, and then this, But then Wines running alongside Wines, I think, it's an incredible connection that Wines and Dixon both recognised the opportunity there. So, you know, Wines was just right there ready for the hand pass. And, and you still got and, and it's mo- one of the most more, um, you know, routine of handballs, but you still got to put it on the body of the, the four, um, or the mid- midfielder as it was, um, of, of, of Wines at the time. Because there's a lot of those little nuances in footy, whereas if, you, if you, the handball is slightly off, he's got to gather it at his side. But he just, he was able to just, he got it, got, got it right in the bread basket. And was able to just and get it on and then leaves it only one thing to do and that's finish because it, it is a bang bang play to take it out of the you know it's um a very nice aesthetically pleasing goal when you watch it back, um, but there's a lot of things that have to go right for you and um, the take out of the ruck was clean, um, two hand take and just quick quick handball out right into the bread basket of wines just to be able to get on the boot and kick a goal and it's still an incredibly tough finish but um and but done incredibly well, and that's why you play that pay these guys the big bucks is because they they can do that in those moments and um, you know Wines is putting together an incredible season uh, probably his best season in Port Carlos by far and um, and just continuing to play be so, and, and it's key that he's popping up in those moments as well as well as what he's doing in the mid, midfield um, he's putting he's you know he's getting forward and kicking some goals as well and, and that's what you want out of your elite midfielders to have a great day in the middle and um, when you get your opportunity get forward and um, and take your opportunities um, and kick some goals so um you know, there's a lot of when when you look back at the game after you've taken out all the all the the shit of how how um, mundane the game was at times. Um, there's a lot of guys that did um, you know show their class in in the moments that counted and, and get the job done. Um, the one that I haven't mentioned yet, and um, it's an interesting one uh, considering Brody Grundy got a perfect ten in the coaches' votes, but Peter Adams, um, after getting pretty touched up in the first quarter, um, you know he. He had a great game, and I, I said in the preview it was going to be a big test for Adams, and certainly in the first quarter, Grundy had the most of it, and um, and um, just had to, and Adams just had to grind, and it was, and he did, and um, his around the groundwork improved uh, throughout the game, and as well as just his, he stuck, he just stuck to Grundy. Um, he made, he, I think he, rec- I think what was recognised was, you know, it's, it's Brody Grundy, obviously, one of the elites, and and Adams is still um, learning his craft. It, it was really just. Um, I think he, he he made the smart decision to kind of not concede the battle because he, ne- he he actually grew into the game and, and got um, far better and was battling with Grundy all throughout the game. But he he recognised that you know Grundy's you know he is the he's the better of me at the moment. But what I can do is make it tough on him and 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 I am just as I'm I have my own qualities to bring to the game and I can. I've got to you because if you try to out Grundy Grundy, you're gonna you're gonna get beaten. So I think there was a message that just a just a battle and um and recognize it and and recognize that um if you stick to him and 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 just uh kind of negate Grundy's around the ground influence, which he did um throughout the game. You know Grundy had a you know his first quarter. I mean kicked the first goal of the game, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um, so you know there was, was things that Adams was able, to, and that's the sign of a smart footballer and and uh, certainly coaching as well, just to. Just to recognise what you can do in a situation, rather than what you, if you if you there's certain things that you just if you get frustrated by the things that are happening, with, and forget what you can do as well. That's when things can really start to spiral for you. But if you just recognise that look, look, these are the areas that um, we've got to concede in certain little moments, um, but you can um, around that you can um, negate some influence. Otherwise, um, that is a good sign of just how a footballer approaches their game and um and certainly um when you're you know obviously we're missing scooter a lot and um lice it's just he is the elite ruckman in our club but um for guys to come in um like laddams and laddams has certainly got some pressure on him with um hayes behind as well um in the sandville um he was able to he was able to come in and play a role and that's what we asked and you know this is part of the squad depth thing is that you know when guys get injured or, or suspended um, you've got to have guys just come in and play a role, and maybe it's not going to be to beat Grundy, um, as as we would have hoped. Maybe Lice would come in and have a fair battle with him, but it's just to negate the influence and and play a role and and make sure and and that's what that's what he did, and that's um that's a, that's a, a great feat as well. So, um, particularly to bounce back from that first quarter where you know we were soundly beaten in all aspects of the game, particularly um the, the you know Grundy who started off incredibly hot, but just. Kind of, and and you know he stayed he stayed fairly influential to the game, but um he it, what he wasn't able to dominate it you know in a way that it's just like you know he still got the, he got the coaches' votes, but you know watching it back, 
you know, you just see that um, throughout the game he's just ground down and that's um and that's that's just what you've got to do. You've got to sometimes just um engage engage in the battle and make it dirty and um it's not gonna be a highlight reel, but it's gonna be um influential to the result and that's what Laddams did. So um big points to Pete, Pistol Pete as well. Um you know, a lot of guys, like I said, this game wasn't pretty, but there's a lot of guys that actually, if you look back at their games, um, beyond the obvious of the slow starts and some of the skill errors, um, there's a lot of guys that um, did, you know, they got they got down and dirty and, and found a way to found a way to influence the result, and that's that's all you ask for in these these moments. Really, um, is just guys um, find a way, and that's um, and that's and what uh, you want from your team as a whole too, is they find a way. And then the team finds a way to get the result, and that's um, that's all we ask for. You know, get the win, um, find a way to get the result, and fight. And that's that's and that's you know, that's Port Adelaide Footy Club. That's the creed. Um, so, um, really impressed with kind of just how they how they battled to get it in the end. Um, uh, you know, if anyone wants to go back and watch the, the replay, it's actually it's not pretty to watch, but it's um it's a uh, fascinating to watch in just watching a game and how a game like that can play out. Um, I actually got a lot more out of watching it than the replay that I thought I would. I just did it because I was doing some laundry and some other things and wanted to throw something on the background, and um yeah found a lot more found a lot more interest in it than I thought I would after the the heart the heart attack of the the previous day when I was watching it. So um. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, there's much more to um, get to um, in the um, the review. Really, um, you know, it's um, it was a really great um, a great test for the club. Um, it, particularly as after the game started, it was a great test in getting back to it. Um, you know, twenty six point lead um, or twenty six point deficit. Sorry, twenty six point lead to Collingwood. Um, we had, to f- and that has been probably um, our our kryptonite this year. Is once a team gets out to that kind of lead, we just can't get back into it. Um, oh, we did against the Bulldogs, but then let them get back out again. And it just seems like that once we get let a team get out to that point lead, we just can't um, we just can't find a way to get at our ascendancy on the game from that point. Um, we certainly got back ahead against the doggies but then they showed their class and were able to get back ahead again and um and you know it felt there was a little bit of danger that that could happen here too but um you know we showed out showed out fighting class and got got the job done um but uh it's that's that's kind of what i'm just looking for is that um we start learning from these um slow starts and um and find a way to find a way to fight back in and um Collingwood isn't the the best side to get an example of because we we know that they're not travelling well at the moment, but it is it is still a boost to the side that they they did find a way to fight back. You know, those first games against West West Coast and Brisbane, we we got down by that and never got even close again. Um, the Dogs, we got back again, but then we lost um, lost it in the end, and and so we finally got over that hump of actually dragging back a four plus goal lead, and that's a it may not mean much uh, in the grand scheme of things. I don't know. We're, we'll only have the evidence of um, what we're learning from games as we go forward. But to me, that's a good sign. I think that's, um, you know, with what we've had this year, and um, it's certainly, I'm sure, it's, uh, the players may have been thinking, oh, God, not again, um, going down by four goals away and um, getting smashed when we shouldn't be. But, um, you know, there's there's things to, there's there's positive to that result, even though, you know, I saw some people say it felt like a loss at, uh, in a way, but it's always better to feel like a loss than actually be a loss. Um, and um, you know, uh, it's it's there's positives to take out of it. I found the more and more that I uh, I watch uh, watch highlights and little bits about it and think about the game, there's there is a lot of things to take out of it. And, um, yeah, certainly when you see guys like Dixon um, doing what he was doing and um, Kane Farrell coming in and playing a role and uh, and playing a key role, um, these are these are the positives for our side going forward. Um, there is some things to look at, like the the former some guys like Connor Rosie, and um, he'll certainly find it. It's just um, it, it's just it's just not it's just not happening for him at the moment. And whether he needs a bit of a change of position or what, we don't know. But um, yeah, there is there is a lot of positives to take out of that result for me. Um, more and more as I think about it, and um, I encourage anyone that's got the time and wants to to go back and give the game a watch, even if it's just a KO mini. Um, because there is there is there is things to find in there and um and things to just look at and um work out about how our, our side's tracking. Um beyond that, uh it was some good banter with the game too. Um it was fun watching all the the, the boil over at the end of the game when we realised that uh 
Dane Swan had uh, made a cheeky tweet about that one point at quarter time and how, how prophetic that ended up being. <laughs> Port Adelaide social media certainly um, did the right thing and jumped on it and just said that it was a handy point. Um, it was it was just good fun. That's that's banter. That's footy. Um, I certainly don't begrudge. You know, Dane Swan, his commentary on the prison bar stuff is annoying because it, it kind of adds to the adds to the ne- the, ne- the the weird fan like the other fans that don't understand actually what this issue is. Um, people jump on it and say, "Oh, stealing Guernsey and all that stuff." And so you have you know, Dane. It's certainly not healthy to have that kind of dialogue from guys like Dane Swan. But um, some of that other stuff is just fun banter and. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, certainly, watching Gollum would get beaten after that shit house banner. Um, some people, you know, some people say, "Oh, it's just fun banter." But you know, um, again, it's it's kind of the trivialization of our history and and what what we're doing at Port Adelaide that is annoying from Collingwood at the time. So um, didn't mind getting one over on their cheer squad as well. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, just all around fun to beat Collingwood. No matter what, um, no matter how you do, um, you just want to beat them. And we did that, and then we've got them coming to Adelaide Oval later in the year, which is going to be good fun. I'm going to look. I'm looking forward to that one a lot. So, uh, but at the moment we're seven and three, and that's a, you know, we could be, you know, we should possibly have been more competitive in those um, three losses, and um, we should have been more competitive in two of them. Uh, one of them we were, and just uh, wasn't quite enough across the four quarters. Um, but uh, you know, the three losses to three very good teams. We still haven't um, still haven't lost to a team that we probably shouldn't yet. You know, you look at those, and I, you know, I think we can beat any of them um, at our best. But um, we've we've had three losses to three good teams, and we're seven and three now. Got one more game before the break, and um, if we're going at eight and three, we'll be in um, a very good position um, going into the second half of the season. So. Um, it's a game to um, forget, um, as a lot of people are saying. They never want to watch it again on the night. But um, as I've I've gone completely against that and said, hey, it, and I guess it depends if you're the type of person that likes to um, uh, fight. You know, look for the little things. I don't know if um, it's not probably worth going back and watching if you just want some light, just something light to watch. But if you look, want to go back and kind of just work out some of the things we're doing wrong, but some of the things that are going right as well, um, it is a fun one to go back and watch. Um, not. F- fun is that the right word it's an interesting one to go back and watch um but yeah it was is i i find that um you learn probably more things from these kind of games than you do when you when you're smashing teams for 60 points you know you, you there's a lot of things to learn from this one um and certainly i've seen the coaching staff are having some good fun with it so um yeah one to one to put in the bag and um and in, and enjoy the fact that we beat Collingwood and that's about it but uh I'm looking forward to uh, I a lot happier mood about the game as I think about it more and more so um yeah I'm not sure if there's much more to say um I've just rattled on for about 10 minutes about that and it's probably just a useless part of the podcast but that's what it is um yeah uh, again um good luck to everyone that was at the game as um possibly getting department of health texts from um from Victoria at the moment, um, it's a bit of a worry um, what's going on there. So well, let's just uh, cross our fingers and hope all is um, dealt with swiftly. And um, any of you out there that are um, de- having to deal with that, good luck with it. And uh, we're thinking of you. And um, yeah, yeah, well done for getting over and giving the, some good away support because we, we we were quite um, you know, the away support was incredible. Um, came through on the telecast quite well. Um, the power chance and all that stuff. So um, certainly felt like half a you know there was a, that little bit of port um, home at happen home atmosphere at the game even though obviously it was away um, and it wasn't uh, nearly as loud as our home ground will ever be but um, you know you certainly met you certainly a good percentage of that um, crowd that small small Collingwood crowd um, a fair bit of it was Port Adelaide sport and we certainly heard you loud and clear um, and it was wonderful so I'm hoping that you don't have to worry about and regret that in any way um, and I'm sure you won't even with whatever's going on but um, it is uh, it is unfortunate that you have to deal with um, uh, the coronavirus stuff at the moment but um, yeah, good luck with it and it's, I hope it's all dealt with swiftly and we're back to just enjoying footy as per normal um, in no time. So, but yeah, we've got a home game against Fremantle this week um, so Doug Nichols around uh, looking forward to seeing us run out in that jersey uh, now that it's all sorted out and, um, but for now, that's the, that's the review. Um a lot to think about and talk about with that one and uh, probably ratted on a bit and um, haven't made too much sense, but hey, that's that's my reviews. <laughs> so um, yeah, thanks for listening as always and let's count the power. Um, seven and three, good stuff happening. Keep it rolling.